Financial Residency is proud to bring you Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. Each week, Tammy Krauss explores a new topic related to achieving financial independence by building and protecting your wealth. She invites guests who are experts in their fields who will share honest and valuable advice on a variety of topics. If you have an idea for a podcast, please email Tammy, that's T-A-M-M-Y, at financialresidency.com. Now grab your front row seat to this week's Grand Rounds. Hi, and welcome back to Grand Rounds. We have many private practice owners and, you know, lots of people who dream of becoming private practice owners who are part of financial residency. And as we've talked about a lot of different times, doctors are trained in medicine, but we don't always receive the best advice as far as business planning or, you know, knowing our finances. And so today I have invited Kristen Trujillo here, and she is a financial consultant and a fractional CFO with Maven Financial Partners. And she's going to talk a little bit about what a fractional CFO does for a practice. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Tammy. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, can you start by telling us what a fractional CFO does? Yes, I certainly can. So a fractional CFO, what we're a little bit different than maybe some traditional fractional CFOs, but we actually don't do the bookkeeping. We don't do taxes. We're really focused on working with doctors that own their own practice, really get a handle and understand and mostly gain control over what's happening in their practice. So a lot of doctors have, you know, very aspirational visions and and goals of what they would like to do once they, you know, make the decision to open their practice and have their practice or expand the practice. What we're doing is we're taking that vision and we're creating a financial roadmap. So one really good example that I like to say is, you know, if we're just working the business and kind of blindly looking down, we're really driving the car with a blindfold. And what we do is we take the blindfold off. We now have clear line of sight for what's coming and what's up next. And then we have a roadmap. We have a map to get exactly where we want to go. So a lot of doctors, they They might want to be sitting on a beach, you know, sipping margaritas in 10 years. Well, we need to have a financial budget and a financial plan for that. What can we accomplish within this practice? If we want to grow our revenue and grow our profits by 25%, we need to have a financial plan for that. And then if we want to potentially scale or just expand our existing practice, what does that look like? Can we afford it? So what we do is we actually will get into the PM system or the EMR and really digest and review historicals, but try to understand everything that's coming in as far as money into the practice. Who's producing it? How many patients are we seeing? What's the average revenue per patient? What's the average production per day? What's the average production per provider in your practice? And we'll start by coming up with some very specific goals. You know, if we, regardless of what the vision is of the doctor, you know, we really take that into consideration. Do we want to grow? Do we just want to gain control and understanding? But depending on what those goals are, we really customize what those goals look like for all of the providers. And once we kind of map out the revenue goals, we can map out the revenue for the whole entire practice. Once we get the revenue mapped out, we then start to analyze the historical expenses. 
What have we been spending on medical supplies? What have we been spending on PPE? What about lab? What about rent, insurance, marketing, any of those ancillary, you know, costs, office supplies, all of that good stuff. So if you've been up in a sep- maybe a couple of years, several years, we have a good baseline for historical data to kind of analyze what have you traditionally spent. Or, you know, if you're just starting, we have a good idea, you know, also of what you should be spending, but we map all of that out as well. So what are the budgets for some of these things? And then we'll also map out the profitability. So, you know, it's January right now. We were having a lot of conversations in November and December with a lot of our clients. Well, what do we want to accomplish next year? You know, we know what our 10-year goal is. We know what our five-year goal is. But what are we going to accomplish this year? Are we going to buy anything? Are we going to add a provider? Are we going to add an associate? Are you thinking about, you know, this is the year I'm going to bring on a partner. This is the year I'm going to sell. Where We really want to, you know, map out that plan. And then we want to understand what profitability is going to be. So, you know, whenever we leave a meeting with, with each of our clients, you know exactly what your profitability is. For that month, what it's going to be next month, what it's going to be at the end of the year, if we hit these certain goals. And then, you know, it also helps with tax planning, retirement, things like that. So we're really just taking your vision as a doctor, as a practice owner, and building a very customized roadmap. That's a lot of words for that's (laughs) what we do as a fractional CMO. So once someone engages your services, how often are you meeting with them to go over, you know, the budgets or to figure out the data that you're analyzing on the backside? Yeah. So we have a monthly engagement and we will meet with our clients for about an hour and a half every single month. And it's really helpful because a lot of, you know, doctors, they're usually very hands-on in the practice. They're providing and there's just not a lot of time to you know, look at the PL or look at, you know, all of the numbers that are going through your POS processor and your EMR and your PM system. So we try to make it as easy as possible. And what we do is we will customize a scorecard. So all of the data that's going into that EMR and that PM system, we extract out. So we have a team of financial analysts that before we even meet, we'll pull all of that data out. How many patients did you see? You know, some of the things that we already talked about. What was the production? What were the adjustments? What were the collections? And we'll customize the scorecard so we can kind of review the highlights. What happened last month? And the more time that we get with the doctors, it actually really makes a more robust engagement and a more robust conversation because we'll start to analyze things. Well, you know, if it's January of this year, what did we do in January of last year? What about January the year before that? So have we made go we have have we made growth? Are there opportunities that we need to dive in? You know, we added providers last year. Are we really reaping the benefits of having those providers in our practice? Are we meeting those goals? And then we're also looking at, you know, year-to-date numbers. January to January doesn't really give us a lot of data, but you know, last year we're looking at January through October. Have we made growth in the same time period versus the year prior? with all of the changes that we implemented. So we'll meet and we'll go over all of the revenue items in that scorecard, we like to call it. 
And then we'll also review what happened on the PL, what were what was actually deposited after adjustments, after refunds, all of that good stuff. And then we'll go over expenses. You know, maybe we invested in some new equipment, maybe we had a big purchase order of something. So that caused our expenses to be a little bit out of whack. So things, you know, happen throughout. It might seem like it could be the same every single month, but honestly, there's a lot that happens within a practice. You know, maybe we lost some support staff and then we had to hire and we had to, you know, invest in hiring someone. And it kind of takes a little while for them to get ramped up before they're actually producing the revenue to generate that return on the investment. So we're looking at all of those things and then understanding, you know, ultimately, are we hitting these goals? And if not, you know, what are the three things that we could be doing to kind of get back on track? You know, you kind of mentioned that you've got practice owners who have different goals, but thinking of the one that's wanting to expand, how do you go about trying to help them, you know, how to bring on a partner or how to open a new location? I don't know. It sounds fascinating to me and overwhelming to think about trying to do that on my own. We really start to, you know, look at what's possible. And, you know, if you want to expand your practice, what are you already doing? And then what is going to be required if we make that expansion? Are we going to, you know, open up a couple of more rooms and add some more providers? Well, if that's the case, we need to look at that from a revenue standpoint. We need to really assess how many providers we need to add to kind of fill that space and cover the overhead. And we have a lot of doctors that they want to open a second, a third, a fourth location. So what we need to do is really get that first one or second one very operational, very profitable in order to make the decision to expand. And one thing that we like to look at is we like to look at how full the providers are. So one of the metrics that we kind of measure is what are the hours that you're available to see patients? And then how many hours are you actually booked with patients? Now, if we're only 50% booked with patients, it's probably not the right time to, you know, maybe add providers and expand. We need to first really optimize the space that we're in right now. But once we start entering in this space of 80, 90% capacity, that gives us good indication that it's time for us to make that expansion and make those moves. And then, you know, we don't typically, well, sometimes we'll go to sleep and we'll have a really great idea. And we're like, I want to open, you know, three practices tomorrow. But there typically has to be a good, you know, lead time and runway with that. So we like to have as much time to anticipate and plan this as possible. It's not necessarily an easy thing, but it can be relatively easy if we know you know, what is required in order to do this. So if we want to open a second or a third location, what we'll start is building a budget for that location. How many rooms are we going to have? What types of providers? What types of services? And then from there, what is the loan required to maybe build this out? How are we going to make payments on the loan? Are we going to need equipment for this office? Are we going to need a full build out? Do we need a realtor? So we'll often introduce multiple partners that are required to get this kind of up and going and off the ground and then make plans accordingly to that. Sounds amazing. Yeah, you're thinking of all the things I may not have come up with on my own if I were in that position myself. So you sound like a good partner to have. We hear that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) 
What about on the other end of the spectrum? Maybe the doctor who wants to close out his or her career in 10 years. How do you kind of help them get to that goal? We have a lot of clients that are in that exact space, and it really depends on what they want to do. So do they want to bring in an associate or bring in a partner and have that partner essentially purchase the practice and inherit the practice as it is? Or do we want to take that practice to sell, make a sale, and maybe we are selling to someone that's not an existing partner? I think it really comes down to what the doctor's vision of passing this off. And it's a very personal thing whenever you're thinking about you know, I'm not going to be owning this practice anymore. I'm not going to be doing this. And I'm essentially giving up control of the practice. So we've got a lot of doctors that they do want to bring in a partner. They want to get to know them. They want to train them. They want to really instill the best practices that they have been successful on to this next person that takes it over. And it could be kind of a slow roll. So maybe we offer that partner 20% buy-in once they are fully optimized and they're producing X. And then maybe after so many years and they're producing a little bit more, we offer them 50%. And then we offer them 75 and eventually we sell the whole entire thing and they gain all control. And there could be different phases of this. So we have doctors that they want to wipe their hands clean of the practice. And once I sell you hundred percent, I want to, you know, be out. I want to be at my condo in Florida and traveling the world by then. We have some doctors that want to stay on for a little while and really ensure the success and a smooth pass off. So, you know, maybe you've got a couple more years of work in you and you want to sell your practice, but you still want to work at your practice. We partner with legal a lot, obviously, because there's the financial elements of how do we bring this to you know fruition, but how do we legally design the contracts and the sell of this practice? And what does that look like? So we'll partner with legal and really come up with a plan that meets the doctor's needs and whatever they want to do. Do they want to stay on a couple of years afterwards? And then we have a lot of doctors that they haven't found a great fit for someone bringing into their practice to make a partner. It can be a lot more difficult than you might think to find that right person. So I've got clients that have been looking for a couple of years and they just haven't found that person that wants that responsibility. They've found a couple of great associates that do great work, but they don't necessarily want to be owners. So what is that doctor led with? So we have to come up with some alternative scenarios. Well, let's maybe talk to a practice transitions group, and then let's come up with a marketable case to sell your practice and take that out to market and sell everything as is. And that can look a couple of different ways as well. You know, does your buyer want you to stay on in the practice for a couple of years? Does the buyer want you out? They want to implement their own processes. More commonly, I see that with a lot of groups, I would say, that have multiple locations that have their own processes available. They might not want the doctor to stay on very long, but if the doctor does want to work, you know, maybe five, six more years, we want to find a buyer that really accommodates what that doctor is looking for. But that could be an alternative as well. Is that something your firm does 
itself, or is that something that you work with a different type of, I don't know, transition group? I think you called it. Yeah. So we work with several different practice transition groups. We don't necessarily take the practice to market. We do get them ready. So a lot of practice transition groups, they get really excited whenever they find out that we've been working with the doctors for a couple of years, because that typically means the financials are clean. We haven't been using the practice as a personal piggy bank and you know, running all of our trips and all of our personal expenses out of that, because that really dilutes the value. And we want to minimize those types of expenses as much as possible. And that affects the EBITDA. So what we will do is we will really map out the profitability. If this is something that the doctor wants to do, we'll make sure that you have very clean financials and we'll start really forecasting what that EBITDA is. So the earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. And that's one of the key metrics that a lot of buyers will value that practice on. And that's something that we you know, like to keep our eyes and ears on. If this is a goal of the doctor, we want to you know, sell this practice. We need to one, optimize the revenue. So are we establishing and hitting those goals that we mapped out initially? And then are we keeping our expenses really lean? Because that beefs up that EBITDA number, which essentially beefs up the sale price. And then what we'll do is we'll bring in a practice transition group. And what they will do is they will go through with a fine tooth comb and look at all of the ins and outs, pull out all the skeletons out of the closet and essentially come up with a nice little like one or two pager, maybe a deck. And they take that out to market. So the good thing about working with some of these practice transition groups is if you don't have a buyer and you don't have an associate, they're going to find a buyer and likely they're going to find multiple buyers. So you can make decisions about which buyer is best for you. You know, like I mentioned earlier, this buyer might want you out immediately because they want to, you know, implement all the changes and make it their own immediately, or they might want you to stay on for a year or two or a couple of years, just to make sure that the practice is still very operational. We are continuing to meet and exceed goals. And anybody that they bring on, you're able to kind of train them to take over after that doctor leaves. Now, it's really obvious that you do a lot with the financial health of the practice. Do you also work with the financial health of the individual doctor, like retirement planning or financial planning. Do you get into that type of work also? Yes and no. Um, So we don't come up with the retirement plans. We don't implement the cash balance or the insurance or the wealth management, things like that. We often will recommend that the doctor partners with someone. So depending on what their goals are, do they currently have 401ks for themselves and their team? Do they have maybe a SEP account? or a a set plan? Do they have a cash balance plan if their goal is to really beef up their retirement so eventually they have something to fall back on? Do they have the appropriate insurances to, to get them to their goals? So if not, and if they're in a good financial place to kind of implement those things, we will recommend that that's a good strategy. One, it helps you reduce your taxes. Two, it also helps you get to your goals. So we'll bring in additional partners. We work with several wealth management groups. And then a lot of times our clients, they might already be working with someone that can implement 
401k or can implement some cash balance plans and run censuses and build that out. So we're taking the profitability that is essentially, you know, not doing anything in the practice and we're investing it back into this retirement plan and also reducing our taxable liability in doing that. And then I've got some doctors that make hundreds of thousands of dollars in profit every single month. Well, we don't want to leave that in the bank accounts either. So oftentimes we'll refer those clients that have really high dollar wealth to a wealth manager. So beyond the insurances and the retirement accounts and the 401ks and cash balance plans, can we think about investing maybe $100,000 a month or maybe $35,000 a month? It just, it really depends on what our profitability is, what our risk aversion is, what we want to do with that money. But if it's just sitting in the bank account in the practice, it's not growing and the value of that cash could have a lot greater value if we were doing something with that. So oftentimes we'll bring in wealth managers to do a mix of multiple things. Maybe we want to do stocks. We want to do bonds. We want to do some private real estate. And we're coming up with a very good plan for taking those profits and investing those and growing that money additionally. When someone is looking for services like yours, how do they go about even starting that? I mean, do you give them a consultation to see if your company kind of fits along with what they're trying to find? Yeah. So we really don't do a hard sell, Tammy. What's so great about working with our clients is our clients really appreciate the value that we drive. We don't have any contracts with any of our clients. And we retain pretty much 100% of our clients with no contracts. And that's something that we're really proud of. But we strive to drive value. You know, what are your goals? And are we trekking to those goals? Are we meeting and exceeding the value of this engagement for whatever you want it to be? You know, do you want to expand? Well, let's come up with a plan for that. Do you want to grow or do you just really want control? A lot of our clients, they tell us, you know, hey, before I met you, I felt like I was really out of control and I was working so hard and I had no idea what was going in and what was coming out and how to really manage it. But what we do is we'll offer a complimentary financial assessment. So if you have an existing practice, we'll go ahead and get access to your P&L, get access to your balance sheet. And I want to give you some good insights. You know, if we're on a call together, what do I see? What are some recommendations? Really try to understand your goals. And if it's something that you think that you would like to do as a doctor and move forward, then we'll send you a proposal and make it official and all of that good stuff. But that is something that we do pretty regularly. So if a doctor is just interested in maybe getting some insights, getting a little taste and seeing what it's like, then we'll do a complimentary financial assessment, really go over all the things that you know we can see. Hey, it looks like you're spending... 35 or 40% on payroll, that's normal or that's not normal, you know, given your type of practice and what type of providers that you have. So we'll try to give some meaningful insights within there and then go from that. Well, how would someone get in touch with you, Kristen? Yes. So you can email us at info at mavenfp.com. 
or go to our website at www.mavenfp.com. Sounds good. Thank you for all the information. I had no idea that services like yours even existed before our mutual friend, Larry Keller, kind of put me in touch with you. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Yes, he's great. We work with, you know, a couple of clients together. And if you need insurance, he's a good person. To go <laughs> he's to. amazing. But Tammy, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And I hope you'll all tune in again next week for Grand Rounds. <laughs>